Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good afternoon, folks. This is Beyond Clean with Ace, a, well, I wouldn't say a weekly or monthly podcast. It's just a podcast where the cleaning industry talks about things that are healthy, positive and proactive. Good afternoon, folks. I'm Dave Thompson. I'm the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. And, you know, uh, I'm just glad to be able to be here talking with you. If you've been following the podcast over the last uh, 60 days or so, you know that uh, I personally am in recovery mode from uh, quadruple bypass. And what's interesting about this afternoon is, well, I think we're just going to talk about recovery of business and what the outlook is. And as Dr. Aaron and I have talked, Aaron, I guess before I get too far into this, I need to make sure you're on the other line. I'm hoping you can hear me. I can. So, uh, Aaron, for uh, people that haven't been on the podcast, let's uh, tell them a little bit about who you are before we get too far into this. Sure. Uh, I'm... uh... Dr. Aaron Butchko, Professor of Management, Bradley University, Peoria, Illinois. Um, been there for 31 years, um, primarily in the area of uh, teaching, the area of management and uh, business planning and strategy. Do a little bit on the side with ethics and executive development. Do a lot of consulting. I'm on four different boards of directors and uh, have uh, written three books. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, well, that is a, a pretty small nutshell. Whenever you, whenever you go to all those items, it's like uh, when it comes to business, is there anything you don't know yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm learning something every day. That's the best part about it. Um, business is, is just such a fascinating enterprise because there's always something new to learn, something new to talk about. I think that's what I kind of want to talk about this afternoon, Aaron. I want to also, before we get too far into this uh, today, I want to give a shout out to those people on LinkedIn that have been following us on the podcast, uh, most likely in the recorded versions, as most people do. When they're traveling from one place to the other, got their time. That's what's wonderful about our podcast here on Podbean Live. If you join us live, you can, well, have a question for us, pop it up there in the chat, and uh, maybe you'll get to talk to Aaron live on the air. He can answer your questions in real time. Are you... Okay, good. You're still there. I, I all of a sudden had an incoming call that, that canceled you out, and I don't know why it should do that. So, well, hey, you know, it's technology, and and uh, it's it's funny, Aaron. After we've done these, you know, I think we're on episode sixty-five today. Wow. There's there's always somebody that's going. I've never done this before. That's always a fun <laughs> part. Well, that's true. Yeah, either that or maybe the new Apple upgrade on my iPhone wasn't everything they thought it was. let's not get too far into that technology stuff today (laughs) you you know Aaron I want to say thank you to those people out there that have been listening and uh, have actually asked specifically 
when is Dr. Aaron going to be back on the line? How surprised are you about that? Very surprised. Um, and I guess that's probably just the nature of my personality. Um, I've always really never thought of myself as being anything special. Uh, I, if there's one thing I, I think I do reasonably well, I tell people, I said, I can connect dots. That's, that's kind of my area of focus. But beyond that, uh, I know a whole lot of people that are way more smarter than I am. But as I've told you before, Dave, I said, I think I got the best job in the world is I go out and I hang out with really, really bright people. And they tell me their secrets to, to success. And then I come in and I share them with other people and, and they think I'm the smart one. So it's hard to beat that. <laughs> well, what do you think? I have you on the air. So I'm surrounded with somebody <laughs> smarter than me. See? Yeah. Well, that's, and, and you know what? That's uh, there's an old principle, believe it or not, goes all the way back to Machiavelli. You all surround yourself with people that are brighter and more intelligent than you. We're all I, on I've the I've same journey. That. That's right. And I'm I mean, try to do that. I mean, that's right. We're all, we're, and, and during this pandemic, we've all said it. I mean, you hear it all the time. You get so tired of it. We're all in this together. But I think people are realizing and recognizing this more and more as we're now into what, month seven, seven or eight or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's been over half a year. So you're right. Yeah, we're over half a year of, of uh, COVID-19. And I believe we've got double that to go. Yes, I think that's probably safe. It'll probably be, um, just saw an article today through one of the news feeds that, uh, although it may not be as bad as we think, because right now they're saying, look, if we do kind of like we do with the flu bug, which is get it to uh, senior citizens and anybody who's in the at-risk population uh, and let the rest of us just sort of get heard. Uh, although I'm actually going to be, a, I'm actually a senior citizen. I even got an AARP card, so... <laughs> It's got to be worth something. Um, I ain't going to talk about they that. They said, you know, let, let the rest of us kind of, you know, just sort of get it or, or be immune to it, and we should be okay. So we'll see. I mean, a lot, lot of, still a lot of unknowns. And I, by the way, Dave, I think that's one of the tough things about this whole deal is I've said, um, um, what, is, what is the end game for this? Okay. Um, you know, this isn't like here, here in central Illinois, we get tornadoes. I know you guys get hurricanes down in Florida. We get tornadoes, and if we're hanging around the house and the sirens go off, that means you know there's a tornado warning, and we all head down to the basement. And mm -hmm. then at some point, you know, over the TV or the news, they announce that it's all clear and you can come up out of the basement. So there's a you know there's an end to it. I'm I'm waiting for somebody to tell tell us what the end game looks like for COVID nineteen. Well, I think in the business climate, which you stay attuned to. Is this not somewhat the same question, not just a personal, you know, about the flu, but isn't business doing the same thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's one of the biggest challenges for managers right now is and notice, by the way, my language, too. I, I specifically said, tell me what the end game is, because we're right. still going to we're still going to have to we're going to have to play this out. But, you know, I, I'm using the chess metaphor there. Right. You've got the opening game. You've got the middle game and you got the end game. But the end game's got a lot of moves in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I when I say, you know, tell me what the end game for COVID-19 is, there's still a lot of moves that are going to have to be that are going to have to be going on at that time. Uh, and I just my problem is I just don't think anybody knows, you know, when do we declare victory over this? Right. When do we say, OK, you know, been there, done that. Uh, and by the way, the answer may be we don't, because uh, as my uh, sister reminded me on a recent phone call, she said, you know, this is 
it's really not a pandemic. It's something that's going to be endemic because once the virus is out, it's it's out and we're going to live with this basically the rest of our lives. So, you know, it's just a matter of adjusting to the fact that we got a new virus out there in the world and, and okay, we're going to have to deal with it. Well, and we talk about this in our infection prevention class that we conduct here at the academy all the time, every time, that the class is not about COVID. It's about infections. Infections are something we will always deal with. This is just another stage in the evolution uh, of mankind. It's another thing to deal with. And I think you're very right. So the business climate has changed. There will not be a new normal. No. Like the old normal. No. I think people have finally gotten this through their head. But how does one stay positive? That's the, I mean, you know, our, our three words, healthy, positive, and proactive. So what do we do on a proactive uh, way to stay positive when we don't know what, 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 what's going to happen? Oh, okay. Uh, and, you want that, and, and, and you want that answer broken down into three subparts and in two, and in thirty seconds, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. We got longer than thirty seconds. We got oh, longer than thirty seconds. Good. So go for it. All right. Um, well, let me let me give you some observations, Dave. Um, all right. First of all, um, this is it's interesting. We call it the novel coronavirus, as in new, right? Uh, but it's really not. And I say that in the sense that as human beings, we've always been experiencing something like this. Um, and I don't want to sound like, you know, daddy downer here, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I tend to observe, and, and you've probably felt this recently with your, your bypass situation, you know, here's the thing about life. It is difficult. It's hard. Uh, it's got a lot of tragedy uh, related to it. And uh, it's short. Life is a terminal condition. Uh, that's the nature of being human and having consciousness. Okay. So what we find we normally do to get over this is we try to deal with the reality that we have in front of us. And the problem that we've got right now is we're all trying to figure out what the reality is going to look like in six months or nine months or whenever we, as I said, declare victory. And we don't know what that is. That's terrifying for human beings. Um, you know, I, I, I teach planning and strategy. That's kind of my, my home base. And as I tell people all the time, so here, here's the problem with teaching planning and strategy, right? Tell me what the world's going to be in in nine months and I'll give you a plan for it. But nobody knows. Right. So, I was just about to say, but when you don't know, how do you, how do you build a strategy to plan for? Right. Well, here's the thing. And I think this is what we're going to have to come to grips with. And th again, this isn't me, by the way, this is, I've learned this over the years from people who are a lot smarter than me. There's two ways you can be right about the future. One is to make the right prediction that happens probably less than 5% of the time. The other way though, you can be right about your future is to decide what you want and then work like mad to make it happen. Now, you see, that's where I was going to start with. I had a thought in my mind and you're, you're, you're going down because uh, that, that 7%, I'm not so sure I can hit that. Oh, I don't think anybody can. 
I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I was working many years ago with uh, Caterpillar, Fortune 50 company, and they've got some tremendous economists that work for them. And their sole job is to predict, uh, help Caterpillar forecast sales of heavy equipment. Now, that's a pretty narrow market in a pretty mm. narrow bandwidth with pretty, I mean, it, it's a pretty well-defined domain, right? If, if you have to give an economist a problem, if you give them one that's got a, a pretty defined set of parameters, they can usually do something pretty good about it. And I was talking to them and I said, now, just out of curiosity, I said, you know, you guys do all these sales forecasts. I said, but about how often do you get the sales forecast right? Where you say, you know, it's going to be, you know, and by the way, right is plus or minus 10%. So that's number that's a, one. Okay. That's plus, a big range though. Yeah. So right is plus or minus 10%. So if we say we're going to sell 10,000, tractors next year if it's 11 we're okay if it's nine we're okay i said how often do you get the forecast right and they said probably about once every five years and i i told them i said well i, I tell i said i'll tell you what the two best jobs in america have to be economist and baseball player because those are the only two jobs where you can be right one out of four times and be considered a superstar <laughs> okay so i'm not sure the baseball people like that right now well, I mean, think about it, right? If a, if a ball player hits 250 in the major leagues, he's making millions of dollars. Yeah, well, that's true. I wish I could do that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, my, the guy who's my in financial investment guy was a former ball player, got up to the AAA level with the Cleveland Indians. And I asked him once uh, about that. And he said, you know, baseball, he said, when you, when you get into baseball, he said, you know that three out of, from, he said, for most players, three out of four times when you walk up to the plate, you're going to come back as a failure. Well, you know, so I was pretty harsh, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just going to kind of let that one go for a moment. So you can't, so, so at any rate, but let's go back to this forecasting. So even the best economists working in a defined, narrow domain are going to be right maybe one out of five times. So what, what chance do the rest of us have or do we have when we're talking about a larger macroeconomic, you know, the business activity in the United States? Good luck with that. That's what I mean when I say I think, you know, that you're going to be right on forecasting probably less than 5% of the time. But to, now let's go to the other one. What do you want? And now I'm going to work like mad to make that happen. So I was coaching with a building service contractor this week earlier. <clears throat> and my thought along this line so let's let's just use that and go from there okay um as i said the first thing that you've got to decide is has business changed and he goes yes i said so the question now is not what are you going to do to get it back to where it was but how are you going to change with business going forward because if you're going to fight to get back where it was you're not going to get there so my question to him was, what is your strength today? And do you know what it is? Or are you marketing and focusing your business on your strength instead of trying to change things? So my point in this, um, trying to do some proactive and positive is, first, what we have to do is recognize our strengths today, market that, and move our company more that way. Uh, right target or not? Um, near term. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the reason I say near term versus, uh, long term though, is because you don't want to be in a situation where the thing you're good at, where your strength is something that the market no longer values. 
You're perfectly right. And and so that was, and I just wanted to kind of set the tone for our conversation this afternoon. We first have to have a starting place. And that's what I was trying to get him to say is I have a starting place because what you're saying as well, we don't know what the end run is going to be. Business is right. going to change. So we have to learn to adapt to the business of the future rather than try to go back and regain what we had. Right. That's, that's, that is correct. Now, I'm, I'm going to balance that off against. Okay. But what do you want to be? Well, and I think that was what I was trying to get at is when you look at what your strength is today and what makes you as a building service contractor, what makes you money and is going to move you forward today, as you do that, would you not then realize what you want in the future? Boy, I hope so, Dave. I really do. But I got to tell you, my experience over the years working with executives is um, would not reflect that. I'm I'm a little bit shocked, dismayed, disappointed. Pick your word uh -oh. at the number of business owners, senior executives who, when you ask them what to me is a very simple question, which is where do you want your business to be a year from now? either don't have an answer or will fall back on the standard answer, which is, well, doing what we are today, just better. Oh my gosh. Which, which, which means nothing. Oh yeah. yeah I'm, that, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. And I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be cruel to any of the listeners who are, you know, listening right now or who are going to come in on the podcast, but telling me, you know, we, well, we, 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 we want to be doing like we're doing today. We just want to be doing it better. Well, but here then, in a pandemic, but here in the middle of this pandemic, who wants to be doing what they're doing today? Jeez, I hope nobody. <laughs> well, I, well, but I mean, it just depends on the industry. Now, here in the cleaning industry, we're, you know, for all you folks out there in podcast land, just got to tell you, we are enjoying a, a surge in awareness like we've never seen before. Because the cleaning industry is now front and center. I mean, I'm getting people quite regularly, Aaron, that are saying, you know, we now need a porter in the building where we've never been able to put a porter. That right. means that we're in the front center. People are seeing us during the day. Uh, people are saying we want to see the cleaners actually cleaning so we see what they're doing. We know what they're doing. We, we're enjoying this. Now, I'm going to say, yeah, I would love to see my future be exactly like it is today. Many businesses can't. Right. Um, that's part one. Uh, part two of it is, um, what are the spaces going to look like in 12 months? I, again, just saw a piece this week reading, which I tend to read everything, which is a problem, but, uh, it was talking about what offices are going to look like post COVID. And they said, you know, we've kind of been moving this way anyway, with generation Z here coming into the workforce, but now they're talking about, uh, they call it the blended office where, mm -hmm. It's going to be a combination of people working from home, uh, people coming in for meetings. So there will be common spaces or, or team, team spaces for people to interact together. And you'll still have some people that will want to come in. But, uh, what I found interesting, by the way, uh, on this particular piece was there, is, there did seem to be some data, some, some evidence, some research that uh, Generation Z, and I can attest to this, by the way, thinking about some of my students at Bradley, um, they want to be able to have the flexibility to work from home, yes, but they still want to be able to come in to a workspace and have interpersonal communications and conversations, 
And interestingly enough, part of the reason for that is they do want to separate work life. And I, I, I hadn't thought about this until I was reading that piece and, and looking at the data from the survey that they did. But I thought, now there's an interesting little phenomenon because what psychologically, what Generation Z is saying is, you know, the problem with working at home, when are you not working? I can always schedule another Zoom meeting. My calendar's open, right? So when do I get away from this? And interestingly enough, when, when some of these young people that are concerned about work-life balance, they want to be able to go in and say, you know what? I'm leaving at four o'clock and I'm not doing any more work until the next day. That's my work life. This is the rest of my life type of thing. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I had not, I would not have, I, that's something I would not have expected or, or had seen coming. Well, as someone that has always worked from home, you know, in my career as a, a salesperson selling janitorial goods, uh, I, I lived a hundred miles away from the home office. Uh, I worked from, I've worked from home my whole life. And even here with the academy, I go in and I teach a class or like this morning, I went in and shot some videos, but I'm at home this afternoon doing the podcast with you and editing the videos. Sure. Uh, I enjoy that balance between the two because exactly what you're saying. I go to the office and I'm not on a Zoom meeting. Uh, unless it's a class, but it's a whole different environment. I need right. both to balance yes. my life. Yes. So and what so, you're saying is the office place is going to change yep. as a result of this? Yep. We're going to be going, we, we will be going to far more of a blended office. And I'm saying that for a couple of reasons. One, we have now proven, by the way, that we can work a lot more from home than we thought. Now, with exceptions. There's no way a custodian is going to be able to work from home. <laughs> and, and, and Not in us industry. Yeah, and until the robots come in and they can, you know, sit at home and and drive the floors, drive the floor scrubber with a you know joystick from their computer. Uh, um, well, it's going to be hard to get them to fill that tank and empty that tank without us there. That's going to be tough. So, so I said, you know, in nurses, physicians, uh, anybody who's in manufacturing, there are some positions where you physically have to be present on site to be able to do it. But there's an awful lot of work that we have learned now uh, can be done that we thought you had to be in the office to do that. In fact, turns out, no, you really didn't have to be in the office to do that. So that's, we're, we're going to migrate in that direction. And that's been coming. So that's, that's not really sort of the shocker here. What is kind of the shocker is that people still want interpersonal communication. They want FaceTime. They want to be able to be in meetings or in conversations with other human beings, be able to read body language, be able to have that human contact. So we're still going to have spaces, but the spaces are going to be different. And by the way, I'm like you, I get it totally, right? I, I've been working from home. Well, I started out in sales. So I, yeah, like you, I was, I would think I was 150 miles from the home office. Um, and uh, even here in, as a professor, I, I do, I do most of my work from home. I go in just to teach classes. Um, because it's too, I find it too distracting to be trying to do research or writing or something like that in, in that, in that office environment. But at the same time, other people, no problem. They love it. So, um, we're going to, we're going to go to a blended model. What's not going to change is the fact that I expect that model to be safe. 
Well, and and there comes in what is going to be the safety of the community environment, whichever environment that is. You know, uh, I think we all went into this pandemic saying, oh, I can wear masks for a period of time. And now you're hearing people going, you know, like I, I heard uh, spring break next year is going to be canceled. Yes. Uh, they're also talking about graduation next May not being a, a, a uh, community event. And we're looking at next May. We just now got over the summer. Yes. We're just here in the middle of or the start of fall, and we're talking next May already. Still wearing masks, still social distancing. How does a business person, a manager, how do they stay positive with this outlook? Um, is this too bleak for business to look forward and just say, I'm just going to give up? And Oh, heck no. Heck no. Um, again, I think uh, to me, that's if if all I'm going to do is focus on the future, which by definition is unknown and unknowable. Uh then I'm going to curl up in a ball in a corner and cry and go either that or I'm going to go into a fit of depression. And incidentally, um, don't think this isn't happening. Um, mm-hmm. Rates of, of, of alcohol and alcoholism are increasing. Suicide rates are increasing, et cetera. We all know some of those statistics. When we, when we talk about health, there's a lot of areas of community health that we need to consider in something like this. Okay. Uh, but what I find in working with execs, in working with companies, is far more useful is to say, look, let, let's accept the fact that at the end of the day, the future of what's going to happen in the next six to 12 months is unknown. Okay, let's, let's take that as the given. I'm going to take you back to my, my question, but tell me what your company would look like in a year for you to consider it successful. And again, here, here's, here's my problem. They can't answer that. They don't know. They, they've got no clue. And okay, so now it's like, we got to step back, folks. Gotta, you and I have talked before, I think, in, in one of these podcasts about, about the power of narrative and stories. All right? As human beings, we're wired to stories. Every business owner, every business ex- executive ought to be able to give you a narrative story about where their business is going in the next 12 months. And I am stunned at the number of people who are muddling day to day and have no clue. I'm going to stop right here and let everybody know on this podcast that we are sponsored and, uh, well, powered by Jim Supply. They've been improving lives with cleaning supplies here in Central Florida if you're in need of uh, tools, product, well, and processes, come to Jim Supply or the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and we'll help you out. Aaron, I, I find it very, oh, how do I say this? Um, I'm going to be a little blunt, maybe disheartening that managers of, of organizations can't answer your question better than that. You ever ask a human being that question? I guess I look at things differently because I know exactly what I want in the next future. And I know where I've been here in the four years since I've been to Florida with the Academy. And 
uh, and and I've always lived everything according to what you're talking about. So it's hard for me to, you know, in my mind to conceptually believe that people can't figure this out. Oh my, Dave! Less less than ten less than ten percent of the people can answer that question for themselves, much less for their organization. Less than ten percent. Well. I guess that goes back to why we have what you just said a little bit ago, the mental health, the alcoholism, you know, the depression and everything. Is this that much harder for a business person than, than just the everyday common individual on the street? Um, it's so often for me, Dave, is there's no magic silver bullet here, right? I think a lot yeah. of, a lot of execs are looking for, okay, let's, let's go find that consultant who's going who's gonna to give us the answers. Yep. And I've told people for years, by the way, I've been very clear about that. I said I'm not a consultant because uh, consultant means, if you look up the definition of it, it means you have specialized knowledge and expertise. So, by the way, when, when, you're, when you go in and you see your general practitioner – and he's looking at your you know, test results and he says, boy, I'm not, I'm not sure about this. I'm going to bring in a, a specialist for a consultation. He's using the word correctly because I'm going to bring in somebody with specialized knowledge and expertise who can help me work through this because this is not my particular area of medicine or what, it, what have you. Um, I'd always tell people, I said, no, I'm an advisor. I said, I, I, I try to give people advice that will hopefully help them make better decisions. And the best piece of advice I can give anybody is, for heaven's sakes, man, write it down. If you don't know where you're going, how can you expect the rest of the organization to know where you're going? I mean, seriously, you, you, you think that just by going out and, and making some big general statement that, you know, to be, to be the leader in our industry, to be better next year than we are today, you know, I'm sorry, you're right. I mean, forgive it here. WTF, what does that mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so basically what you're telling people is, I've got no idea. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I, I've got this general sense that I want to be a better person than I am today. But for, for crying out, or a better company. But come on, what does that mean? Tell me what that means. Are, are, are you, are you going to be healthier? Are you going to lose weight? Are you going to... You know, what does that mean if it's a personal issue, right? If it's a company, are, are, are you going to grow your sales? In what areas are you going to grow your sales? To what types of customers? If you can't tell me what you, what you really want, then I can't, I can't help you put together a, a, a plan or a strategy to get there. So do, you, with that. so do you find that these folks that you're advising – are having the difficulty of writing it down and and itemizing it, and this is why you're telling them to do that, or is this so they can share it with you and with others? What's the? I mean, I'm I'm only some assuming here that you're saying this is where you start. It is. I see two things. One, uh, they have a great deal of of I'm going to call it anxiety, maybe a little bit of fear, but I'm going to really call it more anxiety because of the underlying precondition here, which is that we're talking about an unknown future. Uh, and so their fear is, I'm gonna write it down, something's gonna happen in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, and it's gonna be, everything's gonna be off the table. 
So that's number one. They, they, there's an anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second part is, um, at least that, that I see, is um, they're afraid that they're afraid to commit to a course of action. Really, honestly, I mean, they're afraid of commitment. Wow. They're afraid of saying, this is what I want, because in the process of saying, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to focus on. What we have to realize is when you say that, uh. here's what I want to focus on, you're taking everything else in the periphery and you're saying, and that's not important. And as soon as you say that, somebody's going to come in and they're going to say, well, but now wait a minute, you know, you, you said here that you want us to focus on, you want us to focus on schools. But, you know, I don't have any schools in my territory. Are, are you telling me that, that, that BSCs are not important? And we, we lack the courage to look at them and say, yeah, I'm telling you that they're, they are, I, I'm not going to tell you they're not important, but I will tell you this. They're not as important as schools. Deal with it. Okay? Uh, but but we're, we're trying to satisfy everybody. And in the process of doing that, we wind up satisfying no one. I've said this. I think you and I have talked before, too, by the way. I've said this. And this is one of my, I won't take credit for much, but I'll take credit for this one. The, most, <laughs> the, sing, the single most important word in strategy is no. Mm-hmm. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to focus on that. No, I'm not going to put money against that. No, I'm not going to build that into the budget. <gasps> it, might, it might go away. It might die. Something, something bad could happen. Okay. If it does, we'll deal with it and we'll move on. But I'm not going to sit here and commit my scarce time, energy, effort, and resources to an activity that I don't see as being central to where I want us to be as an organization in the future. By the way, though, let's be fair, right? Boy, watch what human beings do. You ever notice, I don't know about you, I, I tell, like, my students say this and they relate to it. Um, when you got a major project coming down, all right, and you know it's coming and you know you got to get this thing put to bed, uh, does your office suddenly get extra clean? Does your lawn get mowed? Does your driveway get straightened up? You know why we do that? Because I could spend the next three hours working on this paper that I'm trying to get out for a, for a journal article. It might get accepted. It might not. I'm going to have to do a revision. It's going to pay a lot of time and energy and effort. But you know what? My desk is really messy right now. I think I'll spend the next hour and I'll straighten up the desk. When I'm done, I look at the desk and I go, hey, I did that. Good for me. Now, the, the big thing that I really need to do is still hanging up here on the computer. I haven't touched that. <laughs> but, and, and by the way, if, 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 if we ever had, you know, hours or if we ever did a seminar together type of thing, Dave, I, I said, I, I can take you into the neuropsychology of this. When you clean up that desk and you look at it and it looks good, you actually, your brain actually gets a dopamine hit. It's like a drug. And so would you rather get the dopamine hit from the drug from cleaning up your desk or would you rather go back and work on that paper or that project or editing those videos or something that I don't know how it's going to come out and, oh, shoot, I'll just go do this right now because that's a lot easier. So human beings at work. (laughs) So thus is the short term um, uh, psychological effects of the accomplishment of a task right now. And we focus so much on these small tasks that we don't put down our future, we don't determine what the future is, 
And right. so thus is why yeah. we're afraid of the future because we don't yeah. organize and we don't define and we don't strive to a future because we are so busy getting that gratification of what we're doing right now. Yep. And, and I get it. It's hard. It's hard for a human being to do it. It's hard for business to do it. But for crying out loud, I, and I, I keep it simple, though. I mean, I'm, I'm working with a couple people right now, a couple organizations, and I just tell them, I said, look, one sheet of paper. I will let you single space, right? I want one <laughs> sheet of paper. <laughs> I want one sheet of paper. Uh, and no fair using small type fonts because I got to use reading glasses anyway. So I want one sheet of paper. Tell me what the tell me what a good week. And, and, and this sometimes helps make it concrete for, for people who run organizations. I say, tell me what would constitute a good week in your organization one year from now. So look at your calendar and take me through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one year from now, and tell me what's happening in your organizations. Tell me, tell me what I would see if I came back here in a year that would be different from what I'm looking at today. Tell me what you want. And but take me through that week. Take me through what that work week's like. Okay, and that helps sometimes helps them make it more concrete in their mind that, OK, you know, so Mondays we would be having, you know what, we're not going to do that sales meeting that we do every Monday anymore because my people are now working remotely. So we're going to replace that with a Zoom meeting. And as they start thinking through this, they actually start to tell a story. They start to describe a narrative that says, here's my company in 2021. Then once we've got that and they're comfortable with it. Then I look at it and I say, okay, what do you need to do this week to make that day happen? What can you do right now today to get you one step closer to making that narrative happen? And by the way, here's the fascinating thing, right? 250 work days in a year, 52 weeks minus vacations, five days a week plus holidays, et cetera. So roughly 250 workdays in a year. If you move one half of a percent towards where you want to be next year, you will make that goal. Because one half of a percent over 250 days is going to actually, you're going to exceed the goal because that's going to take you 125% of where you need to be. Wow. And yeah, I'm not even, right. and, and, by, and by the way, I'm not even counting, and, and I, what I'm not counting in doing that, by the way, Dave, I'm not counting the compounding effect. No, you aren't. Right? So, no, you aren't. So you're, actually, just taking, you're just taking basic. So actually, you should exceed 125% of what you want because there's going to be a compounding effect that's going to come into play. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be a whole lot more than 125%. I don't know what it would be off the top of my head, but yeah. I can understand what you're saying. Yeah, compounded. Yeah. Uh, definitely would be. So give me one half of 1% of what you need to do to do that, that you can do today. And let's make that happen. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, uh, well, I, I'm going to tell my sales force that we're going to zoom meetings on Monday. Cool. Let's, let's start that. Let's make that happen. Now, what are you going to do tomorrow to do that? And the day after that, and the day after that, and each day you just, Check the box. Okay, got another got another one going here. You're going to be stunned where you're going to be. The other nice thing about this, by the way, is it gives you room, it gives you flexibility, gives you freedom to play. Well, I don't know. You know, COVID could come back again next spring. Okay, so when it does, we'll adjust to that. I'm only looking not, for half of a percent. Yeah, 
and I hate to say this, but it, 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 you know, it will be here still next spring. It's not going to oh, go yeah. away between now and then. Yeah. Plan for it. It's going to be here. You're going to need to adjust. Um, I, I think you're right in the blended office space for not just a regular everyday worker, but for a lot of us, I think you're also going to find that five day traditional work week is uh, for a lot of businesses going to go away. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the bars and restaurants, you know, that are changing their business model yep. to adapt. So I think the traditional or, or if you will, conventional way of doing business, the way that the conventional traditional business looked like before in 2019 uh, 2020 is a wash. It's never been the same. 2021, I think they're not. They're going to be just a shell of what they were in 19. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of businesses that are that are that should be nervous. Um, we have not proven that we can go seven months without going to the theater to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Think about that for just a moment. Like you said, we've gone seven months. Okay, that's seven months that we've not gone to see a movie. People are still getting entertained. What does that industry look like? And 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 fascinating. Look at how companies, though, I think, too, Dave, are, are even responding to that. Though you're down there in Orlando by Disney. Um, so Disney, uh, of course, they have their Disney Plus streaming service. But Disney's movie Milan, which was supposed to be released in March, and they moved it back to the fall, hoping things would be okay. Well, fall's not any better. So what did Disney decide to do? Okay, for 30 bucks, if you're on Disney Plus, you can you can rent it on uh, their streaming service and you can see the movie without bothering to go to the theater. Hey, the same as you would to go see a theater, but we're going to do first runs, first showings. You're going to get it through your streaming online experience. They've already I, you moved know, in that direction. They've already said, that's, that's it. We're out. We're out of the movie business. Yeah, and I think there's a lot, some of these, but, and as some businesses will go by the wayside, uh, never to return, other businesses are finding new foothold that never did exist before. Yep. Or, and, and so I think you're going to see in 21 a, um, a new entrepreneurships being built that never were before. Others that are strengthened because they've recognized their strength and where to move forward as they moved as they move forward, um, and and strong strong uh, organizations will become stronger. Yes. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I think you got all this going next year. Absolutely. Yep. Right on. Um, but hey, we we've gone through this before. Yes, um, that, that's that's the other thing to, to keep in mind. Right. It, it's not like this is something brand new in, in human history or human experience. No, it's not. Right. Look, isn't it funny? We had the Spanish flu behind the Spanish flu. We had the Great Depression. We had. Right. And we cleaned out a whole bunch of people during that time frame that couldn't adjust to the new realities that were there. But we created entirely new industries. Right. We created entirely new services that. We didn't even know we wanted or needed. So, you know, this this creative destruction that we go through, 
Uh, we're going it, to, it, it's a pain when you're in it. And by the way, it's, it's, it's awful if you're one of the ones who's destroyed. I get that. Yep. I understand that. Yes. But at the same time, this isn't the first time we've been to this rodeo. Yeah, you know, I mean, here's, here's the thing. I've, another observation that I've kind of made. I said, you know, there's a, there's a difference between a disruption and an interruption. All right. Yeah. And initially, when this first started back in March, we were hoping, I think, <laughs> that COVID would be an interruption. By the way, like flu season is. It didn't work out that way. No. Although, by uh, side, sidebar, little reference point here for just a second. During the swine flu, which, by the way, was a pandemic, was declared a pandemic by the WHO back in the 19, um, back in 2000 and was that 10 or 12, uh, there were 60 million Americans infected with the swine flu, 750,000 hospitalizations, and somewhere between the, the CDC estimates between about 12 and 40,000 people died from the swine flu. Uh, we are at six, roughly now 6 million in the U.S. with uh, COVID or 7 million in the U.S. with COVID. That's like 11% of what the swine flu was. So before we go, you know, jumping down, down the, uh, jumping off the uh, bridge type of thing, hey, we've been through this more recently than, than any of us are remembering. A short-term memory loss is sometimes a good thing, but it's also kind of a problem for human beings. So we've got a, a manufacturer here in central Illinois there in a rural community. And about five or six years ago, uh, unfortunately, I had a tornado go through, which again, we get tornadoes in central Illinois. Uh, basically took the, the entire roof off their building and damaged the walls, et cetera. Well, okay, that's an interruption. That's a business interruption. We have to call the insurance people. We got to bring the contractors out. We got to find some other way of being able to produce these products that we manufacture, et cetera. And they work through it. That's yep. an interruption, Yeah. right? This is not an interruption. COVID is not an interruption. COVID is a disruption. And when you are disrupted, you don't talk about going back to the way things were. That's not going to happen. Yeah, this is a change forever in the future. Yes. And, and in some cases, the change has been coming. Um, we talk about this in higher ed in, in my industry. Uh, we've been migrating in this direction. What COVID has done is COVID just, just floored the accelerator. Mm -hmm. So this migration has been coming. Everyone's been talking about it, but it was coming, you know, at, at five miles an hour. Now, COVID came along, boom, floored the thing, and now it's coming at us at 120 miles an hour. And the people who, who've got the agility, uh, the flexibility, and the focus to be able to adjust to that are going to be fine. The people who are sitting there thinking about how do we get back to the way things were are the ones who are not going to make it. But isn't that the natural cycle of life? And that's just what you've just said. We've been here before and it will happen again. We'll go through this again. It's just what happens. So look at the positive side of this. Find your positive footsteps. Find out what you're good at. Write it down. Articulate what you want and, and move yourself where you want to be instead of letting somebody else do it. Yes. Well said. Yep, that's um, 
that's the situation that we've got to adjust to. And, you know, here, here's the thing, though, right? When, when we look about it and we get sort of bummed or upset, I like to go back into people, but look at how much, look at how we've already adjusted. We now have, many of us now have routines, things that have become routine for us that we didn't have nine months ago. Um, I, any, anytime I walk out of the house, I don't know about you or anyone else, anytime I walk out of the house, uh, I've either got a mask in my pocket or if I'm driving in my car, I keep a, I keep a, I, I keep a mask in my car. Oh, yeah, we do. Right. And, and, and now, do I think about it? No, I don't even have to think about it anymore. Right. I, it's like, OK, I, I'm, I'm going to drive to this. You know, I'm going to drive down to Bradley. I'm going to drive to the store, grab my cell phone, grab my briefcase, grab my mask. Let's go out there. And, and it's automatic. Right. Yes. It's yeah. become routine. So, right. so, so we are adjusting. That's mm-hmm. the point is if we look back. And we look at already what we're doing today. We've made the adjustments. You know, Amazon and I are much closer friends than we were nine months ago, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. I because I still look around and I think, oh shoot, you know, I need this, I need that. You know, there's something I want. Well, uh, you know, I, I could run out to the store. Ah, uh, now nah, pass. I'll just go online and get it from Amazon. And and that's become far more part of my routine than it was nine months ago when I would have preferred to have gone to a store and looked at it. But, okay, I think, guess that's not a good idea. I'll do this instead. And we're adjusting. I think it's interesting that you bring this up because um, we had a uh, an infection prevention class here <clears throat> not uh, this last week. And I had uh, some people from all over the country, uh, Ireland, and then uh, there's some other people. And one of the ladies, she said, you know, this is a cultural thing. And I was like, okay, so explain. And she said, well, I was from a different country. And while I was there, the culture was to wear a mask all the time. Mm-hmm. But the culture accepted that. Right. And it was not something that we talked about. It's just what you did, just like putting on a pair of pants or a shirt before you walk out of the, of the house. Right. It's just another article of clothing that you wore all the time. Um, and I think that's what you're talking about now. It's taken us seven, eight months to do that, but still, you know, you hear the people that want to focus on, well, what about those ones that, that are against it and and that I'm like, I can't worry about them. Right. There you go. Uh, I, I have to do what I need to do. You need to do that for our culture to change to this new reality that we will find ourselves in because we're not there yet we don't we're 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 not in the new reality yet because we're still working through it right but Aaron, it is it is it's coming at here's the other thing though dave right we have a future everybody on this oh, call yeah. everybody you have a future it's either going to be the one that you make or it will be the one that you will take. You, you know, now, I, I, now, which of those do you want? How, how do you want to play that? I don't want to really make this personal, but I, you, you said that. And I have to think, you know, 60 days ago um, today, I had two heart attacks in one afternoon. Oh, and the next day, they had me on the table 
to put in some stents into my arteries. Yep. And I was all prepped for the arteries, uh, for the stents. And the doctor said, now, wait a minute, before we do this, you have a choice to make. He said, look up here at the screen. He said, here's the two blocked arteries, 100%. Here's the one that's 95. Here's the one's 85. Now, I can't put a stent in the two that are 100. I think you see where I'm going with this analogy. Yeah, yeah. He said, I can put a stent in the 85, and I can put a stent in the 95 with a question mark. But he said, that's going to help you in the short term. But you're going to be back in here because those 200s are still going to create your problem. And you're going to be back here. The choice is yours. Yep. Do we pull you off the table and send you downtown to the Heart Institute and they do a quadruple bypass? Or do we put the two stents in where we can and make you better for today? Isn't this what we're talking about business today, Aaron? You know, I had that choice and I looked at him and I said, you know, let's just go down, send me to the other hospital. <laughs> but I will yeah. tell you, after it was all over, during that week of recovery, when my lungs collapsed three times in a row, oh, geez. and I'm in the hospital for 10 days instead of three, I came out of it going, what the heck did I do? That was my decision. <laughs> I made the decision for the long term. Man, I could have took the short term decision and I could have been in and out of there. There would have been no, I wouldn't have the zipper on my front. But isn't this what business is sitting here at this crossroads like? That's a great metaphor, Dave. That's a great narrative. And I think you just told the story better than I possibly could. Folks, it is a personal choice. You know, I, I can tell you one thing, Aaron. That my experience with this the last 60 days has made me more emotional than I have ever been in my entire life because yeah, mortality, you know, it wasn't, has, a, <laughs> mortality <laughs> has a way of doing that to you. <laughs> you, you know, it, 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 it is. You, you hear people talk about these near-death experiences and you go, yeah, okay, all right. But when you've went through this and it's personal – you yeah. do look at things differently. And I, I, I've been looking at this thinking, this is the perfect analogy of where business finds itself today. Yep. You are correct. You yeah. have to make your choice. You have to decide what you want out of your business, what you want to go for. And all you got to do is pull yourself up with bootstraps and say, I'm going for it. Spot on, my friend. Well said. I didn't think I was going to wind up being the close on this today, Aaron. I usually don't. <laughs> you know what? I learned a long time ago when when you never be the guy that follows the banjo player, okay? When, when somebody nails it, you just tell them, well done, and you walk off stage. So, folks, what we're going to tell you is Aaron and I enjoy talking to each other. We enjoy you listening to us. We enjoy those people listening to the podcast and saying, hey, get Aaron back on. We want to hear from him again. So, uh, hopefully you've heard from Aaron again and we'll uh, do that. Let's not make it two months next time, Aaron. Yeah. Well, you know, you stay healthy, my friend. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I made my decision and I guarantee you we're getting better and uh, it's uh, life is good. You know, the one thing that, uh, you know, the doctor said, you'll be back here again if you don't keep changing your ways. So 
folks, you in business, do what we talked about this afternoon and keep moving forward. Aaron, tell people where they can get hold of you if they want to. AAB at bradley.edu. That's Alpha Alpha Bravo. AAB at bradley.edu. You, you can email me anytime. I will respond. Might take me a day or two, but I'll respond. Aaron, thanks for your time this afternoon. Folks, if you like what we do here at Beyond Clean with Ace, uh, follow us on Podbean Live, share and like what we uh, have here. We also have all of our courses from the Academy at www.academyofcleaning.com. I have to give out a shout out to our Rockstar Custodian Program. Nominations are due by the 10th of October. Uh, I can tell you that uh, if you go to rockstarcustodian.com, you can see the growing list from around the nation of the nominees that are coming in. They're coming in uh, about 10 a day right now, Aaron. Wow, so that's fantastic. It looks like we're going to have a good group of people to uh, uh, have the finalists. We'll have finalists here uh, somewhere around the 15th of October. We'll have about two months' worth of national um, voting. Last year, we had 98,000 votes around the world for people. Looking to break 100,000 this year. I'd love to see more than 100,000 votes. So, folks, nominate your rock star custodian. We'll uh, make sure that they get a little plaque uh, to say that they've been nominated. So there's always even, even at the nomination level, there's something we're going to reward them for. Dave, a pleasure to be with you, my friend. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Talk with you later. We're out of here, I folks. I look forward to it. Take care.